0: I'm Julie Potowitz, CEO and founder of Grow Your Occupancy. Our passion is helping senior living providers maximize sales efforts and increase revenue. Join me as I chat with industry leaders who share their tips and strategies. And we'll have some fun along the way. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. This is Julie Potowitz, CEO and founder. I have two fantastic guests with me today. I'm really looking forward to learning from John Larisha and Maggie Siebold with Welcome Home Software. Welcome, welcome.
1: Hey, Julie. Thank you. (laughs) Great to be here.
0: And John, it's welcome back because you and I had a chance to chat a few months ago on the podcast.
1: Yeah, we seem to chat often. (laughs) Yeah,
0: we do. We do. We
1: record it. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's a good thing. Some of those aren't. Uh, this time around, I wanted to invite Maggie because you all started a new division at Welcome Home called Customer Insights. And Maggie, you had the division up. Is that right?
2: That is right. It is brand new at Welcome Home. Um, I've I've been here for about three months getting it started. Um, but But really, the whole idea is to take the wealth of data that sits behind welcome home and find a way to package it up and give it back to the market in a way that is helpful for our for our customers and for senior living in general but you know the idea existed well before i came on so john if you want (laughs) to expand more on it but we're really excited for our our first report year in review that that launched just a couple days ago
1: yeah no as, as maggie said um At the very beginning of starting Welcome Home, I had this view that not only could we help senior living sales professionals, sales and marketing professionals with the very best CRM out there, but we'd get to a point where we'd have a massive amount of data where we could start to mine that and find ways to be helpful, whether it's inside the software or outside the software by looking at insights and looking at trends and engaging. And once we got the data and it's like, well, Someone needs to dive in, and uh, I scoured the, uh, the the universe, and I and I found Maggie, and she was the the perfect fit for us. So we brought her on. Um, she came from a, a management consulting firm where she had done a tremendous amount of analytics and sales and marketing excellence work. We sent her up to Brentwood to to get a little taste of senior living with uh, with one of your workshops, Julie, and she. You might not Amazing. have noticed, uh, and it was a it was a, it was a full house. But she benefited from that and spent a ton of time over the past three months, not just with the data, but with our, with our client base. And so we're very excited to have her and to, to have that, uh, that team uh, up and running and growing. And and their very first output is this year in review, looking back on, in 2022, and looking ahead to 23.
0: Oh, I am so excited to kind of get a sneak peek. That's this week, right? You're doing a webinar releasing some of the high points.
2: Yep. Today we are doing a walkthrough. Well, we did um, our first walkthrough yesterday. We have another one today. We'll go through the full reports, 31 pages, you know, talk through any questions, um, look through the trends we saw in 2022 and, and some of the takeaways to carry forward into 2023 and excited to share it with you as well and just have a conversation about it, Julie. You have so much experience in this space and I, I'm really excited to just discuss it and, and talk through what might, might be helpful for 2023 for our customers and for operators in senior living.
0: That's great. Well, let's dive in. First of all, you said, John, a massive amount of data so can you, uh, what is massive? What's the data set look like?
1: Yeah, so we have home now is over a hundred operators across 1,500 communities wow. that are um, on the platform. Some have been on the platform for multiple years. But regardless, when, when any of our clients come on board, our bias is bring all the data, right? Yeah. So if you've been in operation for 30 years, we want 30 years worth of data. Um, and because the last thing you want is is for a sales director say, I know I had this, right? And so that's that's the data set that we're looking at. Um, we obviously will will augment it with third party just to look and and confirm what are we seeing with with other <clears throat> with other data sets. And you know someone like a Nick will publish data, and so we've included that as well. In terms of what is that in that data set across those different communities, obviously you have occupancy data and all of the drivers of it. So move-ins, move-outs, move-ins by reason, move-ins by count, by lead source, length of stay you're able to calculate. Um, and then the nice thing about about Welcome Home in particular is every single activity that is being done is being auto-recorded and auto-logged. And so you know the number of emails, number of texts, number of phone calls um, that, uh, that are being done on a prospect as well as refer basis. And so all of that sits within the data set as well.
0: Well, you know, I love data and, or, or maybe a better way to say that is, is solving the occupancy puzzle, looking at data to build a strategy. So right. I, I wasn't, uh, math was not my favorite subject, but I do love numbers and I love what it tells us, what story. We have mm. a finite amount of time in, in the sales seat and and the we have way more to do than we do time. It really is not necessarily even about getting it all done, it's the what. Mm-hmm. What should we get done, the, mm-hmm. the priority? So Maggie, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Can you share like what, a couple and, of- and right before you get
1: points. there, Julie, we completely agree. And Maggie doesn't head up our customer data or industry data. It's all about insights. It's great. You sit on a mountain of data. Maybe I want to dive in, but tell me what matters. So Maggie, go tell her what matters.
0: All right. I got my, I got my pen. I'm ready to take notes.
2: Well, yes. Notes. So I'll just quickly say before we dive in, the report is available for for download. We'll include the link in the show notes if people want to follow along and dig through. It is 31 pages and we don't have, you know, all day. So I'll hit the highlights, but I encourage everybody to go through it and, you know, take what is relevant to your communities. Um, and of course, reach out with any questions. We're, we're listening. We're, we're hoping to continue to improve. So I'll just make that quick plug. Um, but starting from the top, you know, as you might've seen in many other industry reports, we're seeing occupancy rebound, which is very exciting coming out of the pandemic. Um, I think what's particularly interesting and exciting about this report is, yes, we're seeing occupancy rebound, but we've seen it you know felt differently among you know different regions different care types among different communities and customers so We spent a lot of energy over the past month or two really unpacking that story and seeing if there were any takeaways for our operators to absorb and use to really boost their performance in 2023. So I'm just going to focus most of this conversation on what those, you know, top performers and dynamic players did in 2022. And and we can talk more generally if it's helpful. Julie, I'll look to you to steer, but um, just, you know, pause me at any time. I think... um, kicking it off just just from the top with occupancy if we look at it by region we saw the northeast and the west rebounding the fastest again the full data sets in the report so happy you're happy to dig in on your own similarly we saw independent living with the best rebound across the care types so just setting the stage there when we look at the the winners of the year in 2022 we looked at the occupancy data and tried to pull out the communities that had significant growth in occupancy month over month in 2022, excluding lease ups. So we named that group in the report, the dynamic group, the group that really, you know, did something special to drive occupancy forward and paid attention to that group as we looked at the sales funnel. So new leads, tours, and move-ins, you know, looked at what their activities looked like, mm-hmm. and then, you know, wrapped it all up with lead sources at the end. So I'll just walk you through what that looks like. But we'll start by saying there are just a couple key headlines to keep in mind as we do this. One is, you know, more is better, but it's more of the right thing. So we'll talk through that a little bit when we get to activities. The second is a little bit goes a long way. I'm sure anyone who has sat in the sales director seat feels that, but it's helpful to get the validation. And, and finally, you know, data adoption is so critical in this time to help people feel, feel confident and deriving a strategy based on the data that they have. So we'll continue to reinforce these messages throughout, but I'm going to go ahead and jump in if there aren't any questions at this point. Julie, You're
0: at the edge of my seat, Maggie. I do agree with more is better, but more
2: of what? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So again, looking at this dynamic group versus the industry overall in 2022, when we look at the sales funnel, so we look at new leads, initial tours, and move-ins, not only did this dynamic group have more new leads so they're doing something special behind the scenes to get this inbound traffic they also have stronger conversions along the funnel so they are converting leads to tours more efficiently they're also converting tours to move ins more efficiently and you know even if the if the difference is only 2% or 5% higher than the industry little little changes pay off and it ends up being you know, a a stronger new lead to move in conversion for that dynamic group versus the industry overall, looking at, you know, 11% versus 10%, which again is small, but a little bit does pay off. I think when you start to look under the hood and think about what is driving the differences here, what is driving that efficiency along the sales funnel, you know, it's all about doing more activities, but doing more of the right ones. So if you were to look at activities completed for a move in. This dynamic group is actually doing less activities for a move in than the industry average. Your initial reaction might be, oh, that's odd. That's not what I would expect. When you dive into the core activities, so thinking specifically about calls and texts and emails, they're doing a lot more of that. So what they're doing is they're cutting the fat. They're doing the things that matter most and focusing on that, being very deliberate about it, And as a result, seeing those better conversions and stronger occupancy over the year. You know, not only is it about doing more of those core activities, but specifically focusing in on calls as well. They do a higher share of calls as a percent of the total activities they're doing than any other activity. So, you know, circling back to the original idea we have in senior living that, you know, as personal of a touch point you can get is always the best. You want to be able to really hear these people ask those vulnerable and emotional questions and be a partner to them in their journey. So we see that validated in the data as well. That was a lot. I'll stop there. Any reactions, Julie, anything you'd add, John?
0: A quick question. So calls, are you uh, defining that? I should ask open-ended. How are you defining, is those attempts or connects or both? So they are completed calls. Completed calls. Yep. Right. And when you, you said that the uh, top performers or the dynamic performers are doing less, but more effectively. That makes perfect sense, right? Mm -hmm. And It makes perfect sense that they have stronger conversions. Mm -hmm. And and so you said they're doing more of the right thing. So is that to say
2: more connected calls and less what? Right. So activities in Welcome Home can mean a whole host of different things. It could be, you know, paperwork. It could be completing oh, an assessment. It right. could be, you know, um ambiguous note-taking. There are lots gotcha. of things that you can log. So gotcha. what, what it comes down to is being really deliberate about how you're spending your time. Got it. And an additional data point that we haven't mentioned yet is we also looked at the time spent in the CRM for each of ah. the groups we profile in the study. And, you know, that dynamic group is only spending five more minutes a day in the CRM than the average. What that tells me is an incredibly positive story It's that you can accomplish a lot more in just five more minutes by being very targeted about what it is that you're doing. So, you know, having a plan as you go into your day and being very specific about what you'd like to accomplish in that day can can be helpful for sales starters. Sure. It, it,
0: it may also, Maggie and John, be that. The top performer, or the dynamic performers, are spending longer on the phone. You know, perhaps mm-hmm. longer tours. They're going out and doing a home visit. There, it's very important to be in a CRM and and uh, doing even the the things that we don't really love to do, which is the the cooler leads and trying to warm them up. But the the most impactful activity, right, that's going to move the needle is the it's time in front of a customer or planning. So that's a very interesting stat.
1: Right. So, I, so you you Julie, you hit on something that I was going to <laughs> I was gonna highlight, and you just you were a great assist. Those that actually are planners do dramatically better than those that don't. Right. And so again, when we look and dive into the data, when we saw that a sales director is purposely blocking time, is making notes. That all they are doing is planning, and they're not doing, they're not spending hours sitting and 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 navel gazing, but they are spending a couple of minutes on every prospect that they are reaching out to every single week, in order to think what is going to make that call impactful. So I'm not just checking in, right? I'm calling and saying, you know, I heard that your dog had to go to the dentist. I, I thought about it. <laughs> how's how's he doing, right? Or spending that additional time to say, all right, instead of doing the normal tour, I'm going to take them directly to activities because I know that this is what that family cares the most about is to how my that senior mom, dad, whoever it might be is going to be active. Let me start there rather than start to show the rooms. It has a, an incredible impact. And so the dynamic group plans more planners overall have dramatically better, better. And, and I think, again, this is what's so hard about senior living. It takes so much activity to get someone to move in. And so you feel like you're whirling, a, whirl, a whirling dervish. And that that's great. right? But there's dividends that are paid by just taking a little bit of time, like blocking some time on your calendar to say, all right, let me, when I am a whirling dervish, when I am in motion, how is that intentional? right? How am I putting that within a broader context? For this prospect, for this reflow, for this community.
0: No, you make a great point, and it can—it is definitely a challenge. Sitting in that seat and speaking, uh, somebody who uh, is uh, fast—that you know—I get—I try to get a lot done, and I move, move, go, 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 go. The—it's discipline to stop. I'm speaking for for myself, and to to, to plan is so critically important, and I do. Because I tend to be, let's get it done, go, go, go. Uh, that the power of stopping and planning and thinking, and it's a it's a real challenge for us who are like, wait, oh, I got to get this done, and we have this pressure, and that those that are sitting in the sales seat, where's my move in, where's my move in, how many deposits, what do you got, who, who the hot lead review, hot lead review, and meanwhile, why are you staring out the window? <laughs> it's yeah. t- it's a real balance of like you said, activity, doing it, and there's a lot to do, and skill, and that planning plays into that skill side of it.
2: Sure, and I think, I mean, to your point, Julie, this is pressure that all sales directors feel, and and part of our, our hope with this report is to, one, validate what our sales directors are feeling and our regionals are feeling, but two, you know, spotlight what the best are doing and share that knowledge because it is hard to get, you know, best practice and and learn. And when you're in that sales director role and managing so much, one thing I'll just add on on your point and on John's point on planning is planning. In our data set, was less than one percent of the total activities logged in 2022. Not very many people are doing this at all, so it's a very small thing, a very incremental change that can drive huge success. And and when John mentioned that. They were more success, successful. It, we're talking about ninety-one percent average occupancy over twenty twenty-two versus seventy-six. So this is this is a huge difference, uh, and it comes from a very very small deliberate action. So you know, one takeaway from the report is just to spend that time, like you mentioned.
0: Mm-hmm. A quick question here. So you also mentioned the that stronger conversions and higher number of leads. That's a mm-hmm. bell that goes off in my head. Mm-hmm. Is where you might know where I'm going with this. You can have all the leads in the world, right? Uh, so if it's the talk to me about that. I I would assume we're talking mm-hmm. more of a higher converting lead, not just
2: more leads. So when we look at the industry average, um, let me pull up the right page. You know, 31 page reports tough to navigate sometimes. Um, so, we saw on average 38 new leads for the industry. Okay, that's interesting. 48 for the yeah. dynamic group. So, again, I mean, it's yeah. more, it's 10 more. It's not sure. a ton, just okay. 10. But again, this is a game of inches, right? Like a little bit goes a long way, especially when you have those marginally higher conversions at every step of the funnel. Uh, when we actually started to dig in and look at what the profile of those leads coming in looked like in 2022, we also sat, found some fascinating things. We didn't go as deep as to cross-cut these dynamic groups by lead source, but we looked at lead sources as a whole. And I'd love to share some of those findings with you because I think there are some real tactical takeaways and considerations in this section as well. So just, you know, starting at a high level and painting the picture, for 2022, more than 75% of incoming leads came from online and aggregators. This is, a, this is a change and this is a challenge as well. I mean, it's a new reality that many of our sales directors have to deal with every day. I'm sure anyone who's sat in the sales director seat has felt that that pressure of the you know inbound, lots coming in from online and aggregator and how to deal with that and how to manage your time. So this is a combination of organic, digital and web leads as well as the aggregators. Aggregators, yep. Okay. And then if you look at move-ins, you know almost half of move-ins are being driven by the same sources so you know sales directors are putting in a lot of time when it comes to dealing with those online leads and those aggregator leads when you start to dig into it a little bit though and look at the actual conversions so of the total leads that came in from aggregators how many of those moved in only 4% for online it's only 6% you know those those are low numbers for the amount of work it takes to move in an online or an aggregator lead when you compare that to referrals, you know, the conversion rate for a professional referral is 19%. For a non-professional referral, it's 23%. So suddenly you start to see a different picture starting to come to light. I think, and we'll, we'll dig into, you know, the different types of nurturing it takes for each type of lead source. But the immediate message for me is, okay, working with these groups is very different. So knowing what it takes to move in an aggregator lead source or an online lead source versus someone who's coming from a referral, you need to have separate strategies for those things. So I'll, I'll pause there, but I'm excited to get into the activities uh, per move-in data at length of stay, just to start to paint this picture a little bit more.
0: Hey, John. John do you- no, I thought, John, you wanted to add something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I mean, the reality is, again, more is better and you have to do both. I mean, the what we've, we've realized after, after COVID, not just with senior living, but every single major life decision that are, people are making, whether it's buying a car or buying a house, everyone starts online. And so you have to have an online strategy. People that are reaching out, whether through Place for Mom or through your website, it's a human being behind that. Now, it is a human being that's going to take a lot more work <laughs> to move in and, and is going to move in at a lower rate and is likely going to stay less than something that you're gonna get from a friend or family or an employee referral, but it's still a human being in need. And so you have to have a mindset as to how am I dealing with the folks that are coming through those channels at the same time that you're doing everything in your power to minimize the need to to rely on those, those folks. Because someone that does come through an event that is a friend and family member is going to stay at almost twice the length is someone that you're going to get online, and if you just think about the the effort that you spend, the dollars that you spend, you know, what what would you what would you want in the in the whole mix to be? Um, so that's that's the the one thing that I'd, I'd highlight. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, did recently a uh, couple of things as I'm taking notes, but uh, the study around the you know is is external business development, is outreach, is community presence worth it? And by the uh, by doubling. So if you get one professional referral a month, which is not unusual, it's about one, maybe two if' we're, if we're being honest. If you go from one to two or two to four, and just do the, with the conversion metrics uh, from tour to move in for a professional, you're talking anywhere from four, to eight additional move-ins a year. And even if it's one a quarter, one a quarter on average rent and care adds up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. And those move-ins, those residents, those prospects are more likely to refer. So even Mm -hmm. if just half referred, that's an additional move-in. And in the whirlwind, it is... Difficult when you got the fifty or forty-eight leads, thirty-eight leads coming in, and you, you're you're right, John. They're humans. They're human beings with need. We can't dismiss them, even though the conversion rate, even the connection rate, or the you know uh, qualification, okay, may not be uh, as as high. It doesn't negate needing to respond. So what you know, what's the balance? You know, what's right. the balance? Right.
1: right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then again the. What was important in, in your statement? Also, one, just want to highlight: not only do they refer their friends when they come from professional or non-professional referral sources, they stay longer. So you are That's selling someone right. that you would have to sell two or three other people in order to fill the same, the, the same, you know, vacancy. Very and good point. Think about what kind of community that are you building? You know, community with capital C and a community with a lowercase C. It's very different when you have a a building that is filled with long stay residents. And we all gone in there. It's a lot easier to sell something where I could walk around and say, hi, Julie. Julie has been here since 2017. Hi, Maggie. Maggie has been here since 2020. I've been working here for seven years. It just is so much easier to keep a building full (laughs) when when folks are there for, for a very long period of time.
0: Well, sure. I mean, it does. It we talk about the culture and, and right. the emotion and um, a culture and emotion is is people driven and our business is very personal. You can't right. take business personally, but we are in a personal, high touch yeah. business, which is why we all love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's that it's that balance. And yes, my dad, by the way, is one of those. Uh, moved in two thousand seventeen. <laughs> He's still in his community, so uh, I love the ambassador. Uh, the, and it
1: came from
0: a referral, I'm sure. <laughs> he's, absolutely. Absolutely. I used to, uh, you know, he used to volunteer to be, to help people on tours, you know, to, to do uh, and speak very highly. As, as He's very, very happy where he is. Very happy. So, Maggie, I, I did want to ask a real quick question. You talked about the conversion metrics. Was that tour to move in or lead to move in for professional referrals? Because that seemed low to me
2: lead to move in, lead yeah. to move. In. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, John was starting to allude to a little bit was when, you know, when we look at the activities per move in for an aggregator for, on. looking at three to six times more activities per move in. Per sure. Lead. Sure. And only is it that much more work, but it's that much more work in a very condensed time period. So it's, right. Very intense. And I think what we anecdotally hear from our customers is it's hard to focus on other things when you're getting flooded like that. So, being aware that this is the type of work that you have to do for an online lead or an aggregator lead, you know, we're all learning how to communicate over these channels. Being aware of that's really important. So, you can block your time and say, I'm going to dedicate this much time to referrals this week. You know, I'm going to dedicate this much time to sending up follow-up notes. And I'm only going to spend X amount of time on aggregator and online leads. And I'm going to make sure I'm focused on the ones that I'm pretty sure will convert because it's very easy to get lost in managing all those leads at once. And so this is just another plug for understanding your historical lead source data. So you can see what's worked for you in the past and lean into it a little bit more deliberately versus just taking things as they come, which can feel very overwhelming. Um, you know, when you're, when you're getting so much inbound.
0: Yeah, and a, a slight plug for a virtual sales specialist. That's what uh, we've uh, just almost on accident, uh, last year uh, started leaning into, hey, for an hour a day, a couple hours a day, you have an extremely highly skilled, you know, uh, very successful sales director, regional director in your database. And doing things like new lead response, we're seeing those connection rates increase. We're seeing tours increase, seeing occupancy increase. It's 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 like having a, a really a part time member in your team, and for those that can do something like that, it's it's hugely impactful. So mm. that yeah, so that the on site professional professionals can continue those really really high high impact face to face activities yep. yeah.
2: Um, What else, Maggie? Well, you know, there's we could talk about it all day. I think I'd love to just honestly, Julie, have a conversation with you about the challenges up ahead and and how data can enable meeting some of those challenges. I mean, as we've gathered feedback on this report, as I've spent time in the market talking to people, you know, staffing is a huge issue in 2023. Turnover's I mean, we did a survey, we saw that 40% of our survey respondents in senior living sales positions had been enrolled for less than a year. That is an incredible, you know, I don't want to use the word burden, but you've got to train people, you've got to get them ready, set the standards, get them used to their technology tools. Um, That's a huge challenge for the industry. Not only that, but data adoption standards are mixed. You see some people spending more than two and a half hours a day in their CRM, and some people are spending... 10 minutes and you know, expectations for different types of roles and stakeholders and sales looks different as well. And then finally, we also see margin compression. So things are getting more expensive. It's not just in senior living, but in senior living specifically, you know, it's getting more expensive to acquire a lead. At the same time, our pricing power is pretty flat. So thinking about how to how to meet those challenges and how data can support you, you know, to us, it's just a matter of having that transparency and visibility so you can allow it to inform your decisions. but I know that you love data too and would love your thoughts on any of those things. Boy,
0: that's um, first of all, I mean I was I'm gonna ask you guys what you what a piece of advice that you would give anyone listening, a regional, a community sales director, an executive director. Um, my thought is, we're seeing everything you just mentioned, that the turnover in this position costs mm-hmm. it, it's to millions of dollars in, in this business, millions of dollars. So it's not just the open position, but as you're, like you said, as we're onboarding and we're continuing that, that hamster wheel of onboarding and training and Then you needing to turn, okay, they know how to turn their computer on a little bit here. I'm not going to go over here and help them on board. And this position of selling senior living is very high level skill. And it's simple. If you're looking at steps, you're looking at the funnel and well, I love welcome homes overview screen. You know, that's all the data. It's really very simple. It's not easy. And the human component, we're selling something that's expensive and people need, but they don't want and it mm-hmm. takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of touches. So, to the best uh, sales or, or the the superstars or those those dynamic performers, are those typically who have endured, you know, and who've who've really leaned in over the course of time. And it takes it takes a lot takes a lot to do that. And it, the other thing I would say is uh gosh probably since I've come come into the business is you know training and teaching and supporting operations to think like salespeople, revenue 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 when we first started you know I first started the business oh we didn't say sales we didn't say revenue money is bad we care for people it was a different um Mm -hmm. it was a different uh day you know people almost lined up and you you know went on a mail or you went on a wait list right and things change. And certainly the, the Great Recession in, in 08, uh, nine really changed. And we need salespeople. We need salespeople. Mm-hmm. But what we what we do need to think about is is supporting our salespeople to think like operators. So the, you know, we talk about a sales mm-hmm. focused culture, and I have a hundred times. I'm leaning into the operations focused culture and sales and revenue is a first tier. Under running a business, and so using the operations focused is time management, data, cost per move in. Mm-hmm. The, you know is it a paid source? Is it an unpaid source? Where do I put my time? Getting somebody giving them a concession to get in on the very last day versus maybe don't to get somebody in the next week without needing to give a concession. A lot of different ways that because you said margins are so compressed that. It's, uh, you know, 100% occupancy, 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 but at what cost? I think that's the next step, mm-hmm. right? After after we get these uh, basics down and we're all very focused mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. where we need to be.
1: Yeah, and really yeah. I, I I think that's spot on because the nice thing is after the recovery, there is a significant portion of communities now that are in the 90s in terms of occupancy. But the sales team still has a little bit of PTSD, and I was just talking with a, an operator who is a little surprised and frustrated that her sales team came with a building that was 96% occupied, and they're asking for concessions. And she's like, "This is not the time." <laughs> and so you have to sit there and be very deliberate, which is especially if you're regional, and but even if you're in a community, is to all right, what is the what is the the, the, the lie of the ball right now? Right. And therefore, what is my priority? And if if I'm in the high 90s or in the low 90s of a building, it suddenly shifts. It's not every single move in is a good move in. And I need to be deliberate as to where am I spending my time? Because I'm not thinking about who's going to be there next month. Of course, you are a little bit, but who's going to be there in 2024? How do I get those folks in my pipeline now? How do I get the referrals referrals nurtured that are going to generate that pipeline now? And how do I think about the economics of, of my building and my business? Um, and so that's, that's again, that's not every community, that's the minority communities, but if you are in that place, the same kind of thing applies, which is be deliberate. If you're in a building that's 60%, all right, now let's be deliberate there. What's the playbook that I want to, to, to execute? How do I leverage my technology um, ideally if it's welcome home, but if it's not something else in order to, to take the mass amount of necessary, but not sufficient busy work off my plate, how does that happen intentionally? So then I could use my human time in a way that's going to really move the needle. So,
0: no, it's a, it's a great point. And there's so, so many components where, where you Wherever you are, start there. Yes. So, you know, if if your team isn't using a CRM, if they're not using it or, you know, not using it well or thoroughly enough, not getting the data, not responding to prospects quickly, you know, fill in all those pieces. And when, to whatever stage, uh, whatever, you know, uh, staircase you're climbing, then look at, okay, Mm -hmm. what got us here, right? what's going to get us there. Exactly. And yeah, you, you make a really good point. And there's, that's why um, mm-hmm. there's always something to think about and some, and something to strive for, which is why we never get bored.
1: Yeah. Right. And, and that's it, right? This is an incredibly hard job, incredibly hard job. But you know, the plus is you're always learning, right? There is always something new to learn. There's always something to to grow and develop. And some of it could be, how do I deal with a family that has seven different siblings in six different states? And some of it could be how do I think about being deliberate as to who's the right next moving? So it's fun.
0: All right. Well, what are our takeaways um, from all of this? What what would you like? If we yeah. didn't have time, which of course we are, we're gonna study all 29 pages, but if we <laughs> don't, if we we don't. What advice do you have
2: or or what should I learn? Mm -hmm. I think what has been sitting with me over pulling this report together is data can be the backbone of driving success in 2023. It's just a matter of having a good grasp of it. And there are a couple of things that go into that. It's one you know having standards and expectations around the data you want to put in that database and being clear on that setting measurable goals so you're supporting yourself you know you have those continuous prompts to do what what will work in your specific community or situation you know i ha- i had one you know stakeholder at an operator tell me it's kind of like moneyball you can look back at your historical data figure out what you're good at and lean into it and i think you know, especially with With Welcome Home, we've worked really hard to make that easy to do. And so, you know, reading this report and reflecting on your own lead source analysis or reflecting on your own activities data on what has worked for different types of leads um, can be really helpful because it helps you define your strategy. And you can just put the playbook in place and run with it, free up some mental space. So I think my, my takeaway is your data can help you if you just set aside set aside the initial time to understand what it's saying right. and it's not easy. It's hard, but at Welcome Home, you know, I'm here. Your CSMs are here. We want to talk to you about it. Um, so, so use us and, and use the data we're giving you. We're, you know, going to put out a whole series of case studies on lead source management. So more to come. Um, But, you know, we're here for you and, you know, whatever tools that we can help you with, please, I'm all ears. <laughs>
0: John, I remember. It feels like a long time ago, and it really isn't in the big scheme of things. A handful of years ago, when you were pre-launch, and you said the goal, among many, really in supporting the business and supporting industry, but that you really wanted to build a data set and and build value around what you can give back and into into what we do here in sales and marketing and operations. And look, snap of a finger.
1: That a finger. Oh my and, gosh. And remarkably, we both look younger.
0: <laughs> and by we both, you mean Maggie and me? Sure. <laughs> I My quick takeaway, or I don't know if do I have ever have a quick takeaway, uh, a couple of things that you said, and I, I am going to read, you know me, I'm going to read all 29 pages multiple times, is that It's incremental, you know, micro change. So if you think, oh gosh, you know, I'm at 60% or I've only been in this business or three months or I've been doing this three years and I'm spinning my wheels and I could never do it like Elizabeth can do it. It's micro change. It's micro improvements. It's not that the dynamic performer is doing 50 times the work and, you know, 10 times the conversions. It's choose something, one, either one action or one skill and, and really narrow in on that. And in, in order to identify the that, is knowing what your dad is telling you, right? So the we all, I'm sure you've heard of the Simon Simic, find your why, yes. and that's great. We find our why. Mine is find your what, you know, what is causing the cause and effect so first find your why, now find our what. And using your CRM data, certainly uh, if you're in Welcome Home, the great data, whether you're you're using Welcome Home or another uh, CRM or another platform, I'm sure your data is is uh, going to be shared with, with everybody, right? In the space, we can all learn from one another. Um, anything else?
1: Nope, I think you hit Catch it well. It.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And I can't wait to uh, touch base again and hear more from the Welcome Home Customer Insights. And thank you all for what you do for our business. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. If you want to learn a little bit more about Grow Your Occupancy and what we do, you can find us at growyouroccupancy.com. Thank you.